0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler. Here with me, as always, is my co-host Curtis here on a football Friday. And up today on the show is the second edition of our spring practice primary series where we are taking a position-by-position look uh, at the roster as we head into spring practice, which is set to kick off on March 20th, the Tuesday after UGA spring break. And today we're going to look at the defensive side of the ball and set our sights on the defensive front seven. We're going to throw in defensive line, inside linebackers, and outside linebackers into the equation here today. But first, before we get there, just want to make sure we uh, remind everyone that you can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Definitely let us know uh, what you think about spring practice and who you're looking at, what you expect to go down. Uh, also, you know, it's a big win. We just, we actually we just got done watching the uh, the basketball game here. Uh, another nice win. Uh, probably too little too late here. Almost certainly too little too late. Uh, but if you got any thoughts on the basketball program and Mark Fox and What's going on on the uh, hoops side of the equation? Just definitely do not be shy. Let us know what you're thinking there. And you can also uh, find the show on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there. First place to look would be dogsportsradio.com or if you can download the Dogsports Radio app straight to your smartphone. Uh, if iTunes and SoundCloud work for you a little better, you can find us there as well. And the Stitcher and TuneIn apps also uh, you can find us on those platforms as well. So hopefully we, we, hopefully you can find us somewhere we try to make it accessible it's uh, each and every one of you out there, wherever your preferred platform or whatever your preferred platform might be, I guess I should say. Uh, so with that out of the way, Kurt, let's go ahead, man, and uh, let's get into this. we had got a lot to talk about today. We're looking at three position groups. Technically, we're calling this the front seven, but we're looking at defensive line, inside linebackers, and outside linebackers. For those of you who did not catch the first edition of our spring practice primary series, we took a look at the offensive line and running backs. And just a reminder for everyone, what we're doing is we're looking at spring practice almost exclusively here. We're, not tr- we're trying our best to not forecast ahead down the line to fall camp into the season we're looking at the guys that are on campus and participating in this spring practice uh so the guys that were in the 18 class that were not early enrollees we would not be discussing them because they will not factor into the equation right now now they might come fall but they won't be in the picture right now so just wanted to make sure we throw that caveat out there so in case you guys are wondering like why we aren't talking about jamari sellier or or adam anderson or whoever it might be on whatever show we're doing here that's uh, that's why so Want to make sure everyone was aware of that. But, Kurt, let's start with the defensive lineman. And uh, let's pick up with the returning stars in this position group. we got Tyler Clark, who was a, a starter for the vast majority of the season at the three tech uh, interior defensive lineman. And then Jonathan Ledbetter playing five tech defensive end. Now, by the time spring practice concludes, Curtis, looking at Tyler Clark and Jonathan Ledbetter, what level do you expect these two guys be playing at? Can they take their game to another level, or have they kind of plateaued what we saw last year?
1: Oh, um, I think they can take it to another level. I mean, as good as Tyler Clark was, he wasn't this good the entire year. He, I mean, he was really, he, you know, I would say probably for about the Tennessee game on is when he really started to come on. So I would like to see him do it for an entire season. Well, he, uh, won,
0: from, he went all Hulk in that Tennessee game and <laughs> tried to calm him down. Remember that he got that penalty? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. As, it really started when Trent got hurt. Honestly, it's when he really took his step forward.
0: And he took a huge step from year one to year two. He was solid. He was a solid rotation guy. You know, getting, he was a body in there in year one. But wasn't anything spectacular. And last year, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as say he was spectacular last year, but he was a very strong player up front for us. So I would say maybe along with uh, John Atkins, maybe our most consistent player in the front. Uh, maybe not the maybe didn't have the ceiling that a guy like Trent Thompson has in the general athletic ability, but just a really solid player and did a lot of great things for us last year. So do you expect to make another big jump in year three here?
1: Um, I think you can see him make some of a jump. I think the biggest places you'll see him jump in is more of technique-wise and sure. um, you know, moves, um, you know, moves to get free, things like that. Because, you know, he um,
0: he, uses guys, he uses his hands pretty well, but you can always get better at that as he was a lineman. Exactly.
1: I mean, of our, of our especially if like the nose tackle type people, like where he played, and you know, between him, Julian, Trent, he was the best at also getting pass rushing ability. So I think that's the one spot in his game that he may be able to actually improve on as, as
0: a pass rusher. Yeah, and he's a guy that, we, that has some versatility. Now, he's a defensive lineman. I mean, don't get me wrong here, but he's primarily a three-technique guy. But in certain situations, like you, like you mentioned in passing situations, you can line them up on the nose uh, and, or, or line them up as the nose on the center there. And that's a mismatch. You know, if Tyler Clark can, like you said, work on his pass rushing skills a little bit, uh, he, he can win some battles against a lot of, a lot of uh, centers in this league. But you can also potentially slide him out to play a five if you're trying to go big. Uh, there's a lot of options you can do with him, but I think he has enough athleticism, enough size to do a couple different things for us up front. What about Jonathan Ledbetter? This is a guy, I, in, okay, I'm going to spoiler alert here. I'm, I'm going to say Jonathan Ledbetter is going to be an absolute beast this year for us. I think he has the potential to be a dominant five-tech guy. I'm talking like an Alabama-level type five-tech defensive end in a 3-4 scheme do you see that in him do you think he has no, the potential I, do. I mean the thing
1: is people you know people honestly it's so funny i mean you and i have always talked about it, especially, especially the last year that everyone wants to say that he's not that good but it's that's really insane doing his assignment football and and when you look at it when when uh, what his assignment is and what he's asked to do he he practically does it every single time i mean let's be honest jonathan he or er, he's not the best at you know um Pass rush, um, you know, coming off. He's not the quickest guy coming off. Sure. But What he does have is absolutely. Um, the one thing I don't think he gets enough credit for is his strength. Um, he's a very strong person. Um, and the one thing I think that he does incredibly is hold the edge
0: very well. Yes, for and him. that's what. Okay, I, I, you're exactly right. I think there's a disconnect here. The people who criticize John the better, or maybe don't criticize him, but say that they don't think that he's that great. They don't really appreciate what he does for us. I think when they see him, or to see the defensive end, Title listed next to his name. They're thinking back to your traditional four-three defensive ends that are pass rushers. Correct? Yeah, they're thinking. That's what not you're a three. F- that's not a defensive end in a in an odd front. Okay, when you're playing no, a three-four no. base scheme. Now, now we don't always play odd fronts. We will play even fronts too. But the fact remains, he is he is a three-four-five technique defensive end, and his job. Is not necessarily a pass rush. Now, there's not, there will be times where, where we do ask him to rush a pass Particularly what we'd like, to, what I like to see from John Ledbetter is on those pass rush, in those pass rushing situations, third and long, slide him inside on a guard. and That's a mismatch. Now, you put him on a, on a left tackle, he's not going to beat the left tackle that often in a pass rushing situation. You put him on a guard, or on a center, you, you might have a mismatch there. But his job, like you said, is to set the edge and first and foremost, defend the run. Okay? That's what he's supposed to, to do. Bad.
1: When, and you know, going back to his pass special ability, the guy, like you said, against Garth, the center, he's really good. But also, another thing is with the new age in football, you have these quarterbacks. I mean, I'd say half the quarterbacks we played are, are decent enough threats to get first downs on passing sure. situations with their feet. So, you know, we talk about it all year. You know, some of the times when we didn't get a lot of sacks, well, he is a prime candidate for the must-rush type guy that where he makes sure he keeps the edge, makes sure he keeps the guy in the pocket, then Absolutely. goes
0: after him. And he has such a great motor, too, and those guys do escape the pocket. I mean, this is not a guy that sees a play on the other end of the field and just kind of watches it kind of take place. No, this guy is moving at all times. He's chasing Especially plays the- down. You got play against Oklahoma, right?
1: And as we say, the last the, the last couple of games, he was actually making some big plays. I mean, I think he had two sacks against Oklahoma, or maybe a sack and a half against Oklahoma. He um, you know, he got a penalty for it, but he was also there and uh, gave uh, Jared Sinem a big hit in the uh,
0: SEC Championship well, game. Well, there was a huge play that it was right, I think the first or second drive uh, in the second half, when Oklahoma started a lead, we were trying to get stops on defense. And yeah, we and third long, and the, they, they throw the little on screen one. to Hollywood Brown, who's incredibly fast, yeah. and who tackles him yeah. one yard short? Maybe a half yard short. Yeah, led better from the other side. Someone yeah, coming from the other them. side. Run the play down from the backside. Makes a play on the fastest guy on Oklahoma's team, and that's and a then, huge and then, stop.
1: And in the, the Alabama game, you know, before the play, before the final play, when we got the big, the big, what, seventeen yard loss or something like that, yeah. it was him and Bellamy both because that's where he had nowhere to go because both of them were on each side. I mean, he was back there in the backfield that play too. So I mean, it's not that he can't do it. I think it's just more or less that he. he
0: has I think a main I, I really thumb. just think. People out there, and I know a lot of people understand this, but some, I think more of us need to understand out there what the five technique in this scheme is asked to do. I think that's the problem. He's not asked to be a pass rusher down. down. He's not asked to be Leonard Floyd. That's not his role.
1: And see, I know, I know people that, you know, have talked to him, and he has openly said, you know, sometimes it, it is frustrating for him because he, he would love to put up these sack numbers. You know, he he had actually, you know, asked if he could play an outside linebacker at times trying to get some numbers because to get some attention. But then, you know, he also came to realization that it doesn't matter, the numbers or what doesn't matter. It's teams, scouts, especially when you're looking at the next level, know if you're doing your job, then, you know, you'll always have a exactly. job, a consistent job with them. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's not that he doesn't want to do those things, but he also realizes he has a responsibility to see and I think that's the one thing that maybe where he can improve the most other than, you know, his skill-wise and some of the holding the edge. But I think he can become a huge leader on this defensive line and be especially, you know, the front seven. I, he might be the leader of that front seven and keep that group together.
0: I think he's going to have to be with some of the departures. Yeah, that we And way. that's
1: what you hear right now. I mean, you you know, you hear some of the names about people who have been stepping up this offseason. Defensively, he's one of the main names you hear that has been stepping up. And I think the one thing people don't, you know, a lot of people come down hard on him because of his past, you know, it, Troubles with um, the law he's like, that's
0: and things like that. we haven't had a word about him since. Yeah, we have not heard one negative word about the guy since that point. He made yeah, a mistake. It a big he's mistake. He uh, fixed it. If people read, read that ESPN article, Kirby uses him to talk to
1: freshmen and say, you know, look, this is what can happen to you, but then this is also what you can be.
0: Yeah, he's done an outstanding job of getting his life back on track and really becoming an integral part of this team. So. Very proud of, of John Ledbetter, what he's become as a player on the field, and also how he's kind of reshaped his life off the field as well. It's, just, it's been awesome to watch here. So I'm very excited about him. I'm excited about Tyler Clark. But as good as it is to have two of those guys coming back, we are also going to be replacing a few key pieces as well in that defensive front. Obviously, John Atkins, um, such an underrated player for us last year. He's exhausted his eligibility. Uh, how do you see the battle to replace him at guard playing out this spring? Um, you know, I really think it's Julian. He's going to be the number one guy. Um,
1: but I think the there's two people in my opinion that have a chance to make a run at you know to not only replace uh, um, John but you know take some of these snaps that Trent was getting. I think it becomes, it comes down to um, DeClan Hawkins Muckle and um, Mikael Carter. Those two people. This is more or less their last chance to make it. Do you make see Mikael
0: Carter playing nose tackle, or you see more as a three?
1: Um, it depends on the situation, but I think, he, but you know, like I said, um, Atkins
0: wasn't always at the set, that position. Not always, hit. but the, he was majority of the time. But you're right, not yeah, always.
1: Yeah, he was there majority of the time. But you also saw
0: Trent come in there. and That's what I try to you know bring. Up yeah, Trent. we have we have a ton of different packages that yeah, we throw so at the team. That, at that, teams. that, that yeah. package, I mean, I think it's between uh, you know if we're looking at the true
1: technique of the nose type te- techniques, I think it is between uh, Julian and Daquan, And then if you were wanting to go to like when Trent or someone to play there, then that's where Mikael Carter sure. was. Sure, I can team. see that, but. Definitely, you need, um, I think it's Julians to lose. I mean, you saw, especially in his year, two, how much weight he's got. He's got his body in a lot better shape. He's becoming a lot better player. And you just want to see him continue that. But you also, I mean, you can see the athletic ability of what Hawkins Muckle can do when he blocks kicks and things like that. He's got the ability. You just want to see him to put
0: He's his the feet guy, up a guy a couple it. years ago played a fair amount as a really young player. And it has basically it almost, other than like special teams and trying to block kicks, he almost felt the face of the earth last year. I mean, he got very few. Yeah, Snaps. The, I mean, for, um, I'd probably say this is the first 75% of part of the season. He didn't play much. I mean, towards the end of the season, he started getting some, a few more snaps here and there. But, I mean, like you said, he more Sparingly. or less went
1: from getting quite a few snaps to getting none.
0: Yeah, and it almost coincided with when Kirby came in. It was very interesting to see that. But, I mean, we're, we don't at least this spring, we have some bodies coming in uh, in the fall. Uh, or over the summer for fall camp. But for the spring, we don't have a ton of body. So he's going to he's gonna get a lot of reps. He's going to get a lot of snaps. He's going to get a chance to really show what he can do and get a chance to improve. So yeah, it's I, well, I I I the best up to him. him to take advantage of it, grasp the situation. Yeah, I, I agree with you that, that Julian Rochester is going to be the the number one guy to open spring, obviously, because he was John Atkins' backup last year. And you're right, he's done a great job of kind of reshaping his body and getting in shape. However, I will say, man, I've been spending the past couple of weeks watching, going back and watching the games again. The dude, he, he flashes at moments. He can be really, really good at times. But he plays so high far too often where he allows the the, 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 uh, the blocker to get underneath his pad level and, and just get flat out driven off the ball. He is way too big to so consistently get driven off the ball like he does. That That's something that you can definitely clean up. Like You, you can play lower.
1: It's a prime suspect of you know a lot of these kids what they get away with in high school when you're so sure. big and strong you don't it, your pad level and things like that don't matter
0: to you. Absolutely, you just you just simply overwhelm people with sheer size and strength. And I think he's he's got to work on
1: that. ball a lot too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and he he'll work on that. I, I I have faith in him. I I hope that we can straight that out. I mean, I mean it, we have to has have got him better than where he was his
1: freshman year. It, it, like you said, it, it, to a lot of those people, it's muscle memory.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I think he has. I mean, Atkins was so good at eating up blocks and keeping some of those of those blockers off of our, our linebackers like Roquan and Natrez, obviously. Uh, he was so good at that, but he wasn't much, like, in terms of, like, getting pocket push, that wasn't really John Atkins' game. He was, truly was a space eater. I think Julian can be a space eater. He's not quite as big as John now that he's lost weight, but I also think he has the ability to be more than what John Atkins was. I think he has more versatility. I think he has the ability to actually push the pocket a little bit to add a little pass rush element to the equation uh, now, he's just he's just got to work on his technique. He's got to use his hands more consistently. He does really well at times. Like There's sometimes he just, he'll just he use a big paw and just fly out, smack a guy. But he just doesn't do it consistently. He allows the, the blockers to get, the, get their hands on him first far he, he too often. He plays too few, high. Uh, quite
1: a few hands to the
0: face. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes he gets away with it, sometimes not. Uh, so he's just got to clean up on some things. He's a young guy still. He's coming into his junior year. So I fully expect him to improve on those things. But – for us to be as good as we want to be against the run this year, they, that dude's got to make a step. He's got to take a pretty big step this year, and I'm very hopeful that he'll do that. Um, so now, so that's that's the nose guard position. Now, obviously, we know that Big Trent Thompson decided to turn pro. Hopefully, that works out for him. I don't still don't know if that was the best decision. We'll see how that plays. Hopefully, he gets drafted real high. Who do you see stepping up and filling his role this spring? Now, he wasn't a starter for most of the year last year, but he still played a big role uh, as the first guy off the bench on that defensive front. played played starter snaps most of the time, but it just wasn't technically a starter. How big of a loss is it going to be not having Trent Thompson as a senior on that defensive line?
1: It'll be a loss, but like you said, I mean, a lot of the time, he, he, you just never knew when he was going to show up. There was times where he played well, and then there were times you're like, is he even on the field?
0: Yeah, I'm truly like, wondering like, what happened. Like, sometimes be after the game, I've been kind of just like going through the game in my mind again and be like, okay, wait, what well, did Trent do anything? I mean, did he play? Was he hurt? And you go back and watch, like, no, he was there. He just didn't do anything. He played like he wasn't there. And so, but then you have games with like the TCU game, the bowl game, the Liberty Bowl, where he just flat out, he, he was a game wrecker. A complete game record, so he's he always had that potential. It was just man, like getting him to to actually fulfill that potential was an uphill battle. I don't think we we didn't. Even, I honestly don't even think we even got close to getting Trent Thompson to play up to his ability level. Now there were flashes, no doubt, but not anywhere near on a consistent basis. Uh, so in that regard, I, I I you know it's we'll miss his talent and the the jump that you would hope that he would make from his junior to senior year and getting becoming more consistent. I think we're gonna miss that, uh, but it. I will say again. I mean, I, I really appreciate everything Trent did for us, and I, I'm not trying to dog him too much. Here. I just I don't think that he was an overwhelming force for us at any point in his career. Do you?
1: No, not not like he should have been. Yeah,
0: I mean, he, he had moments where he was really good, but it just like he wasn't that guy that just that that offenses had to game plan around game in and game out. He wasn't that guy, and unfortunately, just never reached. I hope he becomes in the NFL um, because he has the potential. I just. Never was that guy consistently for us, game in and game out. Uh, one guy I want to look at here who who is a newcomer. One guy that's brand new to the program this spring is Devonte Why, who went JUCO yep. last year. Uh, he'll be he's he was practicing with us uh, in the or he was I believe he was on campus practicing with us for the bowl games. Uh, what do you expect from him this spring? Will he work his way into the picture uh, as a potential rotation guy heading into the fall?
1: I think he will because I, Trent, the one thing that he has that's very similar to Trent is he's very athletic. I mean, uh, in high school, he played running back for his team. He did, in, yeah. In game, quite a few yards, so he is a very athletic
0: person. Very athletic guy for and he, that side. And, he,
1: you know, I think the experience he got playing at a higher level too, I mean, um, it, it, yes, it was Juco, but it's still, was a, uh, you know, still not high
0: school. Still, it's, it's he, a step up from high school, you're right. And you also get away from home, you, the, the acclimation period of being in college, he's got that under his belt.
1: Exactly, so I think it's huge for him, and I think just in general, I think if I think he's the one person, I think he actually may have the inside track over Mikael Carter because of his athletic ability, and the one thing about him, too, is he, he's not the tallest guy, so he's kind of low to the ground, so his pad level's never a problem.
0: Do you see Wyatt or, you mentioned Mikael Carter, do you see either one of those guys potentially pushing Tyler Clark for that starting three technique guy, that, that three tech spot? <laughs> if
1: anyone was going to push Clark, it would be Wyatt, because he has a body more similar to Clark.
0: Yeah, I think Mikael Carter came on. You know, he's a guy that was actually more. He was high, higher rated than Tyler Clark was coming out of high school. Uh, and so he was actually an Under Armour All-American, which Tyler Clark was not out uh, of America's. Uh, but Tyler Clark has been the better player to this point. I will say, well, the process may be a little bit slower than we had hoped for Carter. I thought he came on uh, maybe starting towards the middle half of, of last year and played some big snaps for us with some of the injuries that we had. Uh, was, uh wasn't a dominant force by his stretch of the imagination, but I, I think he certainly showed that he has the potential to be a really good player for us, down, at least a guy that, that we can win with. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, I, you're right about his athleticism and certainly what I saw from him on tape in high school, but th- that was a year ago. Now, you would imagine he would have gotten better. I just It's really hard for me to evaluate Devontae Wyatt right now because I haven't seen the guy play in a year. And the kind of player he is right now, I, I, am, I imagine it's reasonable to expect that he's become a better player, bigger and stronger, more athletic with a year, even though it's Juco, but still a year away from high school and college. You imagine he would be better, but I just, I can't say with any degree of certainty because I just, I don't know. But I have high hopes for him based on what I, what I have seen from him in the past. Um, and I absolutely, based on, you know, what we've got coming back and some of the guys that left, I fully expect this guy, I don't, I, know I don't want to forecast too far ahead here, but I fully expect him to... Uh, to make a name for himself and, and put himself uh, in a spot this spring to certainly contend for some serious playing time when fall camp rolls around. I certainly see that. Uh, all right, let's move over to the outside linebacker position. Here's another position where we are uh, replacing two multi-year starters. We've got, uh, of course, Lorenzo Card, who blew up the NFL Combine, and Davin Bellamy as well. How, do you expect, how much do you expect us to miss those two guys this spring?
1: I mean, you may miss the leadership a little bit, but I think actually we may be taking up a step up in uh, athletic ability when it honestly comes down to it.
0: No, explain yourself because Lorenzo Carr is a guy that ran a four four six at the combine, uh, had the longest broad jump. I think of the outside linebackers. I mean, I mean, I don't say ever, but a, a very impressive long or broad jump there. This guy, he's an explosive athlete. So how are we going to be more athletic in that position?
1: Well, the thing was. I can't count the number of times Lorenzo Carter would be in the backfield, but he never made the play I mean I, what killed me the most and one thing that you know haunted him for most of his career was he was a guy who all he would do is he would get there but he'd always try arm tackles and things like that and just miss tackles left and right
0: that's true there were especially early in his career I think he got a lot better at that this year I think I think he took a huge step his senior year I
1: think well I mean he's very athletic the thing was you know he practically wasted his entire sophomore
0: year um, he did junior, do that his junior year was you know like i said
1: marked by missed tackles and he was always close but not close enough and his senior year he put together some plays but then again he was i mean he's very similar to trent that there was times where he just jumped off the page and other times you're like is he out there
0: that's fair uh i will say I also in his defense up, i think he showed it's, up
1: more than trent but at the same time it's just like there were so many times where he should have met you're like you, you have all right like, where's money. lorenzo yeah, it, yeah, it's it's more or less like you have like you see what he's doing at the combine,
0: and you know you're, what he's capable of.
1: Yeah, you're sitting there, you see everything he's doing. You're sitting there thinking like, so then where were the results?
0: Okay, that's what I wanted to bring up. So I, because I, I look at the numbers too. I'm like, dude, this guy with this this athleticism, how does he have so meager sack results in his career? He's been decent, solid, but nothing like what you would. Imagine what would come out of a guy that has that body and that athleticism. But I think it's a situation somewhat like Jonathan Ledbetter, especially this past year. You have to factor in what this guy was asked to do. He was not asked to be a pass rusher. There were times where he did rush the passer, but more often than not, that was not his primary job, especially on third downs. we line him up in the middle, we'd line him up out there uh, uh, on the slot, uh, on slot receivers, we, especially that, you know, we saw that kind of, we kind of unveiled that in the Notre Dame game, and we did that throughout the year. Uh, he was a guy that was spying quarterbacks at times who had some of the mobile quarterbacks. So it wasn't like every pass rush situation this guy was lining up off the edge and just pinning his ears back and going after the passer. Now, I will say the times he did do that, I don't think he got to the passer as, as much as I, I think he should have. But I think you have to consider what his role was this year as well. There's another guy that you got to factor that in.
1: No, I, I think that's very fair I think just the times you know especially from what's jumping out to me on my mind is some of those times where he would be there and he still would make the play when it would be yeah, you're time. right
0: I can't argue with that there, there were times where that certainly was the case you're like oh my god Lorenzo what are you doing no I mean yeah, yeah absolutely they're, and, then, they're, and they're then there.
1: when it comes when it comes to Bellamy, I mean, he, you know, he made he would make some big-time plays in big-time situations, don't get me wrong. But then there were, a, there were a bunch of times where I'm sitting there just banging my head saying, you know, the one thing that killed me the most, he started doing it towards the end of the season, was he was just shooting inside and not keeping the edge. And that's when teams started burning us, especially Auburn the first time we played him. They were just killing us on the edge, left and right, because he would just shoot the gap yeah. inside and then go right around. And that's,
0: right. that's why basically like Jonathan Leibniz is so viable He does not do that. He does not do that. I mean, you, and you get torched on it when you have guys that don't play their responsibilities, don't and, and, play their assignments. to be honest, especially in the
1: Oklahoma game, you saw it a lot. I mean, in the second half of the Oklahoma game, he barely played because you saw DeAndre Walker replace mm-hmm. him because he was more athletic. Well, DeAndre
0: Walker him. came on strong late in the season. That guy was stealing snaps yeah, from both those less, guys. He
1: just, he just had more he, – he he has more athletic ability and more things than Bellamy, and so it was, you couldn't keep him off the field.
0: DeAndre Walker will be – in my, and I know it's easy to say this at this point – I'm sorry. My opinion, based on his athleticism and his explosiveness off the ball, I, and I know he's not quite—he's not as big as Bellamy, but he put on a good amount of weight last year. Because the knock on him coming last year, was the guy just simply could not keep on weight at all. He was too small. couldn't play. Yeah, he killed you in the run. And the, right, and that's he, like he, could, he couldn't, couldn't play like both, both ways. He, he, he could not play the yeah. run and rush pass. He was a pass rushing specialist and that was it. But he finally put some weight on. He kept it on all of last year. I hope that he puts on a few more pounds, five to ten more pounds. We saw that last year, so I'm hopeful that's the case. If that's the case, this guy could be a monster this year. Like he, could, he could wreck the SEC if we give him the opportunity to do that, if he's able to keep on some more weight. I So if he maintains that weight, I honestly think that he will be he would be an upgrade over Davin Bellamy. I know it's that's hard to say, I think it's hard but to I, say. I I I think that's the case. I really I other truly than, believe that. Other than those
1: big plays Bellamy made in the Notre Dame game, the Auburn or the yeah the Auburn game, and then you know the big sack in the Alabama game. Other than that, um, he Auburn, got yeah. outplayed by Walker at the end of the season.
0: Dungeon Walker is a beast. He was a beast. I mean, the last he couple was games the only years. one
1: that was getting him. him and him and, uh, were the only ones getting pressure on Mayfield in the whole Oklahoma game.
0: Walker's a beast, man, and I, he's had the athleticism all along. He just didn't have the size, and now he's putting them both together, and it's it's yeah, it's going to be always, nasty. For he people. always said he was honestly our best pass rusher. He just had to put it so all no together. There's no doubt he was he the was best pure pass rusher on the team. Experiment. Yeah, there's no doubt. It just, you couldn't get him on the field consistent because what if they run? Because he was he was basically going to provide. No resistance whatsoever and I just think in think he
1: would also play out of control. And I think he's starting to find sure. the more red he's getting. He's finally, you know, the game's slowing down for him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, so I, I think we could definitely have an upgrade there at that position over Bellamy. Um, we'll see. But I think there's, that's certainly a realistic possibility. Now, the question is Lorenzo Carter. Uh, this is a guy that was so versatile and did so many things for us, was playing different positions and different packages. That cannot be overstated. Now, I know he wasn't the the premier pass rusher we were hoping to be again. I don't think he was always asked to be that guy, but he did so many things for us. his versatility allowed us to do so many things defensively, get so many different looks and packages out there on the field. Can a, I imagine Walter Grant would start this start the spring at yeah, as a start no, of that I position. Haven't. Do you think Walter Grant can come close to matching what Carter gave us last year?
1: I don't I think Walter Grant is more in the shape of Odan bellum. i, I
0: Oh, I don't – Walter Grant is not – he's a really good athlete. He is not a Lorenzo Carr-level athlete. No, he's more athletic
1: than Bellamy, but more of his style. He's not the Lorenzo style. The one person I think – I mean, to me, the, the two people at that position are Walter Grant and, and Robert Beal. There's a third guy, but I don't know. You just never get a true idea of where he plays, and that's Jaden Hunter.
0: I think Jaden – I mean, see, coming in, I, didn't know, I mean he's either an outside linebacker or inside linebacker. Right now, he's listed on our website – uh, on the roster at 213 pounds. Now that's uh, that was months and months ago. I don't know where he yeah, is right yeah, now. I don't
1: see him anymore. If you see pictures or him around campus, he looks like he's up to close to you know.
0: In yeah, he looks 30s. bigger. He looks bigger. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen him around. He looks a little bit bigger. He looks bigger than 213. I'll say that. Last year he was skinny. He was noted. some of the sidelines to do was skinny. Uh, but he looks like he's put on some weight, so I don't know if that's in preparation for him to try to make that move outside linebacker. Because if you look at who got the inside linebacker position, which the guy's coming in, I don't know where he fits at in inside linebacker. Yeah, he doesn't. I don't fit, know. He could, yeah, he just doesn't fit in there. So that's the thing.
1: If he wants to get on the field, going to have to be at that position. That's yeah, said, and
0: last year he was he playing inside linebacker Robert, because he that, got Walter and Robert there. But I think
1: he's a guy that if they ever wanted to find someone that could do what he uh, closer to Lorenzo, he's the person.
0: Yeah, I agree. You mentioned Robert Beal. Do you think he's gonna factor? Could, could he be a guy that factors in and pushes for one of those starting spots? I think Walker's I mean, probably got because one of them I, locked up. I, I honestly up. think he can because I, I mean the guy's got crazy athletic ability and more him was just technique wise and I think that redshirt year for him was val- so valuable
1: especially because he showed up to, uh, showed up to fall Late. camp Place so he was always behind so I think that especially if you hear anyone close to the program you, saw, you hear that he took the redshirt year very very serious and you know really improved his game.
0: He doesn't have the length of Walter Grant but is it a stretch to say that he's more athletic and more explosive than Grant is? Yeah I was about
1: to say I actually think he's more explosive and I
0: think he's stronger. I, I I he's thicker, there's no doubt. He's not he's not as tall his body is different than Grant. He's he's tall, but he's not as tall and lanky as Grant. He's a little thicker, so I th- I think you're right saying he's a little stronger. I do, I do think he's a little more explosive off the ball. Wal- not to say that Walter Grant is not, um, but I think he's a little bit more explosive off the edge. Walter Grant does have those those long arms, man, where you you can really rush off the he's edge got those with those arms. arms. Yeah, he's he's got those arms, man. That's that's such a that's such an invaluable tool coming off the edge as a pass rusher. Uh, allows you to bend the edge, get your hands on the, the, the offensive tackles. I mean, that's something that, that you, you simply can't teach that. Uh, but I do think that Bill is perhaps a little more, he's got a little bit more first step explosiveness. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, everybody's going to look at Grant right now because he was the guy that got playing time last year. He was backing up Lorenzo. Or he was one of the guys, I mean, he played a little bit of both. He did more what Lorenzo did than, than what uh, Bellamy did last year. But I could see a case where Bill certainly pushes for time there. And I, I fully expect Bill to work himself into the rotation. To some degree. Uh, how much? I don't know. But I, this guy, I, I feel like he's almost too talented to not, especially with the guys that we're losing. Um, I think he's too talented to keep off the field entirely this year. But we'll see. Uh, one guy I want to mention here that is an early enrollee, uh, a major part of the 2018 class, is Britton Cox. Do you see this guy sticking outside linebackers? He's one of those guys we don't know. It depends on his, how his body grows. Right now he's about 250-ish. Where If he stays around that weight, he could definitely be a player to outside linebacker. Um, a guy that's the size of David Bellamy, I, I think, significantly quicker and more explosive. Do you see him sticking at outside linebacker and making an impact at that position, or is he going to grow into more of a five-tech defensive end? I
1: think in the spring he'll be at the outside linebacker. Now the summer is where it's going to be a huge for him you saw it. I mean, two years ago when we first saw David Marshall, we were like, all
0: right, this guy's a red shirt. He, you know, he's yeah. way underweight. Then he comes into fall camp looking. And cute. You're like, what happened to this guy?
1: Exactly. So I think in that's a good where way. I, the spring, because I mean. We've seen Cox, especially you see him at basketball games. That you see his body, he's getting his body right, but he you're is. not going to gain that weight overnight um, that would need it to become the defensive end technique. So I think it'll be more or less he'll starve the linebackers. It'll really come down to the summer for him.
0: Do you think he's going to have a tough spring in terms of learning the system and getting the technique and everything down, or is he going to come? Is he one of those guys that's like a savant from day one that comes in and is just like, dude, I'm playing. Get out of my way.
1: It really seems like he's got an edge to him. I mean, you hear people around the program, and they're very... I mean, of course, they, everyone talks about it's from the, from the early rollies, you know, Of course, everyone talks about Justin Fields and his athletic ability. But the one person that consistently gets mentioned is Brenton Cox. So I think that's the one thing that can not well, be... Well, the
0: discounted. size, athleticism combination there is off the charts. And they um, seem
1: say that he seems to have a crazy drive. I think that's the one thing that's, I think, impressed me the most is that, you know, like I said, like, in, like you mentioned, that his athletic ability and his size and things like that, you know, jump off the page. But, I mean, when you put it, put it together with someone that wants yeah. to work on it,
0: then. Well that's what it takes for freshmen to play early. I mean a lot of guys almost all the guys we get are gonna be talented at the University of Georgia as freshmen. But you get when you mix, like you said, the the drive and the desire and the work ethic with that talent, that's when you get guys that play early and play well when they play early. I, I expect big things from Britton Cox. I don't know uh, what he'll do this spring because it's just such a short amount of time and he's still new to the system. But uh, I think by the end of the spring, it'll, his head will stop spinning a little bit, and this guy will just kind of relax and play. And when that guy relaxes and plays, he, he can do some things. There's no doubt about that. Uh, two guys real quick here I want to mention. Uh, Jaleel Le Guinz is still on the team. Uh, I know that's a name that not many people have heard in a while. Uh, last time I heard, he had moved to the outside linebacker position. Uh, do you see this guy? I mean, he's really athletic. I'm out of Oconee County High School. Do you see him as a guy that could potentially try to make a move this spring at all?
1: Um, honestly, to me, I think it's his last
0: chance. He might be one of those guys, and I—I I, never—I don't like to put this label on anybody, and I—I and I, I, I hope the best for all of our guys. But he might be one of those guys that tries to see if even make a, a move up the depth chart in the spring. But if it doesn't work out, maybe he looks at, at moving elsewhere uh, to another—I I mean, don't—I hate to use that word transfer, but yeah, I mean maybe if he doesn't make a move, uh, I don't know. Uh, but he's a guy that again is really talented. He's a tweener. He's one like do you play him inside linebacker or do you play him outside linebacker kind of like Jaden Hunter where does he fit in right now because he came in as an inside linebacker now we moved to outside linebacker last year didn't hear much from him but he is really athletic I'll give the guy that uh, another guy who's in his last last go around with the team Keon Brown does he factor in at all Um. no I think that he just he needs to
1: get a per, uh, you know a, a permanent seat on the bench with a, with a towel to
0: wave oh man dude You got what did Keon do to you man
1: I mean, it's just the fact that he has never found a position here. He's just bounced around from position group to position group, and you know, it's one of these that maybe with the old staff he may have gotten some PT, but he's just been completely over recruited.
0: I think that's a fair point. Like he's a guy with the old staff before Kirby got here and started destroying the recruiting world. That probably be playing some significant snaps for us, but we just we, we've we've over we've recruited over him. There's no doubt at this point. All right, well let's move to the inside linebackers here. Now we would be remiss, <laughs> obviously if we start this discussion off with anyone other than one of the best defenders to ever play between the hedges and Roquan Smith. So Kurt, how concerned are you about our inside linebacker play with the departure of Roquan? Um, You know, I am
1: concerned, but I think... You know, to me, the the only way to counter it is we're gonna have to play by committee. Um, you are gonna it's gonna really. You're gonna play, you're, I mean, not I mean, it's more of like a team effort type thing that you are not gonna you are not gonna have just one player that jumps off the take the page like you. But I think we could have. I honestly think even after losing Roquan and you know losing some like you, we were talking about the outside linebackers, I think we could have a more solid and more well rounded group this year than we had last. Even year.
0: without Roquan Smith, I think I think we could, but I, th- I think it's across the board. You talking about like death wise? Depth wise okay, okay, and, that's, you know, that's ba- fair. Balance wise, that's that's. Oh, I mean, you bring in guys. And I know we don't want to talk about guys that aren't here yet, but eventually we are going to bring in guys like Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. And, and it's
1: nice. I mean, it's nice to lose someone like a Reggie Carter who him,
0: they gave you. Valuable oh, don't be snaps, hating too much but, on Reggie. Come on, yeah, we, we've hated he, he, on him gave, so much. No, I'm saying he gave you valuable snaps, but I mean, it was it wasn't the balance and you know depth wise. There no, there was a significant drop off of Reggie we're Carter in Better game. depth wise, yeah. Yeah, and there's, oh, absolutely, the depth is going to be head towards the above better this year, even in the spring without some of the 2018 guys uh, on campus. Uh, now, I will say, Nate Patrick is already back and working out with the team. Do you expect him to hold on to that job? Is, I mean, really, is this a guy that we're going to have to lean on in the inside linebacker position?
1: Yeah, I think you are gonna to have to lean on him because he's. Still, I mean, uh, the, I mean, you have uh, Monty Rice and um, Juwan Taylor that have got some snaps, but I mean, no one has had as many snaps and things as uh, Nate Patrick. And uh, he's gonna know, have to that, be
0: the rock at that position. Yeah, he's
1: gonna have to be, and I mean, I, and this is literally his
0: last. Dude has no. got to stay out of trouble. He can, he cannot. I mean, I don't want him to, for his for his own well being, but also for this team, he cannot let this team. Let's be real. The dude, I, mean, I don't want to harp on it too much, but he let us down last year in a big way. Oh yeah, there's 100%. in a big way. We we've talked we about missed it stuff. But Big like you time. said, I mean we, we, we have to have him. I mean, he right now is the, the rock of the inside linebacker through and he is already back on the team. He's going through workouts, he's back on campus. I mean I I, I hope to God. I mean, really for him, for us, for everyone all parties involved I really hope this guy gets his head on straight and just starts making better decisions on a more consistent basis. I really do. And looking at what Kirby's done with some of the guys, like we mentioned Jonathan the Better earlier, some of the issues that they've had, uh, we've done a really good job helping these guys get the help that they need and kind of reshaping their lives. So hopefully Nate Tres is going to be another success story, and I, I absolutely wish him the best in that. Uh, so if Nate Trez is going to be that guy that, that takes that job and kind of holds on to that. That leaves us with the position vacated by Roquan. Again, uh, sticking to the guys that will be on campus participating in spring practice this year, if you had to predict it right now, who would you peg as the starter next to Natres on the post spring depth chart?
1: Um, you know, there's three guys vying for the position, but if I had to go with one, I'd probably go with Monty Rice. I think he's about, Um, you know, Tay Crowder is vying for it, and then you also have Jawan Taylor. But I think right now, Monty Rice is more of what we want there.
0: Well, he was the guy. You know, he got the he got a couple stars. You had know, the Vanderbilt game when uh when Natres first was out uh or the, he was first got to spin, and then we also had um. Reggie Carter was out with a, with a concussion injury, so Rice got a couple starts, got some experience. Did you, did you think? Do you think he played well enough to make you feel confident that he can be a, a big time player for us this year and man that position? Um, I don't know if he built confidence, but I think he built Made me intrigued to see what he could do. I mean, you can see what do you like about his game. There. What do you like about what? his game?
1: Um, I th- I mean, he's definitely a thumper. He plays downhill. Um, I think the one thing he definitely and he has decent speed. He has a decent body. I think he, you know he needs to improve on pass coverage and things like that. But I think stopping the run wise, he is better. Uh, Juwan to me plays very stiff and everything, and I think Tay's just not not very uh, polished at that position. Yeah, I,
0: I, see, I think all these guys are more like Naitrez. They give us a lot of what has gives us. They are, see, we don't have anyone that We don't have a guy football. that can be as versatile as Roquan Smith. That concerns I mean, have me. Nate, but I we have Nate, but we have Nate McBride. Yeah, I was Speed, bring him up. It's a
1: huge question mark. I mean, you just don't know yet. I mean, he, you know, he he lost so much experience missing out on his entire junior year. Yeah, McBride. Um, so
0: really behind. God, I'm so intrigued by him. This, this is a guy that is a, a legit championship track athlete. I mean, this guy, he's got speed to burn. He's he's got five fastest kids on the team. Yeah, great, and it's such a great athlete. Uh, So many tools that that would make a linebacker a great linebacker. He's got so many tools like Roquan Smith had. Um, I don't want to say more than Roquan Smith, but but very comparable. But he's – I don't know if he – I, don't, I hate to use – I hear people say that he has no instincts as a linebacker. I don't know if I want to go that far. I just – I don't think that he does a lot of the things right now that, that really good inside linebackers do in order to be successful at that position. He doesn't yeah, use his hands yeah. well. He doesn't rip. He doesn't shed blo- – he doesn't stack and shed blocks. He doesn't coil and strike when he tackles people. For a guy that fast that can that can arrive at the ball – with that much velocity, he should be ripping people in half, a la like Otis Reese. He doesn't do that. He doesn't drive his legs on contact. Now these are all things that can be fixed. So I that's why I say I don't know what to expect from him because he's he's had a year in our system now, okay? Think, but we didn't yeah, see him play at the at really we didn't really see him play any meaningful snaps at as a linebacker. Special teams wise. That's right. what he made the impression. We saw him in special in special teams. We did not see him play any meaningful snaps as a linebacker, very few in general, not even just meaningful, it was very few snaps at linebacker. So as Looking at his senior tape, right, because he missed his entire junior year because of a car accident, but looking at his senior tape, uh, he he didn't know he. I love what I saw from him athletically, but as a true linebacker, he didn't. I, I saw something that concerned me. See, like again, he did not do things consistently enough that linebackers have to do. He he didn't do them. Uh, now with a year in the system, hopefully he's learned those things. So it's hard for me to sit here and say one way or the other, Nate McBride can make a move or not make a move, because I I haven't seen him in a year at that position. I'm hopeful because he has all the tools necessary. It's a matter of, has Glenn Schumann gotten him to... To kind of buy in and do the things that linebackers have to do, because if he yeah, does, this guy could be really, really good the for biggest,
1: us. He's like a mystery box that I mean, yeah. he could be—you just don't know what you're getting. I mean, he could be—he could be the answer. He really could, he could be. We just don't know.
0: Yeah, he absolutely could be. And a guy like Tate Crowder, he's—he's he's a guy that's not as athletic as McBride or Roquan, but he's a former he's running back, so he's got plenty of athleticism. Uh and speed that he can bring to the table as well. But he's again a former running back who's transitioned to linebacker. Now he's gotten his weight up a little bit. And he did see a little bit of time late last year. He he actually got some snaps in the national championship game in certain packages. So he's a guy that I would not completely write off. no, he's not a guy that many people have talked about much throughout his career at linebacker. It's kind of an after-like, oh he, that guy that used to play running back. Yeah, that guy. But I think he's a guy that that's gonna contend, he's gonna compete. Uh, I, don't, I don't really see him winning the job. But he does provide a really good depth, and I'm not going to completely 100% count him out. Uh, and you mentioned Jawan Taylor. Do you see this guy as someone who's going to play that, who, who could potentially challenge Rice for that position?
1: I mean, he may challenge him this spring, but when it comes, you know, game one, it's, he, it's not going to be him.
0: I just I don't see what John Taylor does better than Rice at this point. He's not. A, no, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. He he was on campus for
1: three years, or that was that was his third year, and he was he did nothing to se- to separate himself from Monty Rice. And
0: he's uh, he's a solid athlete, but he's certainly not at, at McBride's level or Crowder's level. He's doesn't he has good speed, but not great speed. I mean, I would say the nature has, has got better speed than than John Taylor has right now. And Taylor's a little stiff. And when I watch about there, he's definitely a little stiff. Uh, again, a good depth piece. But this, if that guy, if he's starting for us, based on what I saw from him last year, now can he now he might take a huge jump this year. So any of these guys could take a huge jump. But if I, based on what I've seen from Juwan Taylor to this point, if that guy starts for us next year, I don't know if we're gonna have a championship caliber defense. I just, I don't. I mean, that, I think Jawan Taylor's a guy that that can start for a, lo, a lot of teams in the league. He can start for Mississippi State. He can start for Vanderbilt. He can start for Kentucky. But does he strike you as a Georgia caliber starting inside linebacker? No, especially when he, he doesn't. Can, like,
1: Especially when you think of what a Kirby Smart type defense
0: right? He, means, just, right? He's, he, he doesn't strike me as that based on what I've seen at this point. Now, if he gets better, then I'll eat my words. And I hope to God he does. I hope I hope, I hope he has a huge senior year. But I just – what I've seen so far, he doesn't strike me as a championship level defender, the kind of guy that we want playing for us, that we need playing for us, or he's starting for us. Um, so I don't know. It would be nice to see how that plays out. But if I had a handicapper right now, I'd probably put my money on Rice. Now, when some of these other guys get on campus in the fall, I know we're not going there yet. And say, watch out, because those guys are legit. I know they're going to be young and, and and fresh on campus, but whew, they bring some stuff to the table that some of these other guys might not. But we'll get to that later on uh, in the offseason. But that does it for us here today, guys, on the Glory UJ Podcast. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed this little mini breakdown of our front seven as we head into spring camp here shortly. Just, man, just around the corner a couple weeks here. And we'll be, actually, less than two weeks, we'll be rolling, so... Uh, definitely look forward to the, looking forward to that. So check back with us next week, guys. We'll be looking at a couple other positions. Uh, with, uh, we'll be looking at the wide receivers, at the quarterback position, and also you look at the defensive backfield as well. So make sure to check back with us next week. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. And as always, Go Dawgs!